Hey, this is Alex, and you're listening to Collateral Recap, where we talk to the cast, players, and DM of the Medusa's Cascade podcast. We do a deep dive into the episodes, characters, and player decisions, and we get a little salty, so there's going to be some language. Uh, but please, enjoy the show, and uh, see what happens. Hey, everyone. Uh, welcome to another episode of Collateral Recap. Mm-hmm. I'm your clueless host, Alex. Uh, and in today's episode, we're recapping episode nine titled One Job. Uh, today I have Guy, also known as Weaqua, joining me. Um, Guy, why don't you say hello? Hello. Now, Weaqua, can you say hello as well? Hey. <laughs> uh, I, I, I wanted to joke around that because I think that in this episode we get to see a lot of like really funny interactions with Guy and the rest of the party. So, um, yeah, we, we, we also find your range, I think, as a as a voice talent. <laughs> um oh yeah 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 because like right at the start of this thing uh i think we're picking up after the last episode where um the the party meets at the sante camp and it's mm-hmm. very a very familiar experience from what i understand mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh so we had a, we we first met well we first went to the Vasani camp and then by way of after after we went there we walked around a little bit into a, a town, and then uh, the, the journeyman had us kind of time loop backwards to give us some time to get to a meeting that we had to go to. And then we ended up seeing the same Vistani camp again. And, but this time they, it was for them present, but for us past. So okay. we did two visits to the Vistani camp. But you didn't interact your, with your paths, past selves. Uh, we we saw them, and uh, we had a perception check. To, the DM Tommy had us roll a perception check. We saw what looked like Water Genasi, I believe, and uh, another character. I think it was probably it was either Kyver or um, uh, what's his name? The oh my cat. god! Zex. Yeah, the other cat. <laughs> why am I why am I not Zex. thinking of his name? Zex. Oh my god! Thanks. I'm, we have five, cam- f- no, four campaigns right now, and it's so hard to keep track of all the characters. Uh, yeah, so we saw Zex, I believe, and but we didn't interact with them. We just saw them from across the way. But you did um, manage to interact with the Vasanti themselves. Yes. That was a very confusing experience for everyone involved. For sure. Uh, the first thing I think we Aqua did was talk to a horse <clears throat> to make sure the people who owned the horses were like cool people because I'm uh Weak was a druid and he can yeah. kind of talk to animals as well. He also he's a circle of the shepherd druid, so he can also talk to trees. Um so yeah. he tried to he always tries to get the lowdown for everybody a little bit beforehand. See if we're going into bad territory. I guess whenever um whenever he's in the forest he's got an inside connection, whether it be tree or animal. Right, exactly. Well, that's all he knew. In, in his backstory, we kind of start finding out that he wasn't around many other humans, elves, that kind of thing. He was more around animals, creatures, uh, water, genasi, uh, like water spirits or water, uh, water life, mm-hmm. and trees. Like that's all he knew, and and his one mentor. So. Did he interact he's, with other Genasi or any other elemental forces? He's never he's he never interacted with 
a full Janasi prior to this moment. But uh, the in the party at the, fir the first few episodes, we did have another character who was a, a water Janasi played by Jesse, who's just Sebastian's wife. Yeah. Um, so she and now actually we do have another water Janasi. I don't uh, I think this is episode eight. So you we you haven't met the next water Janasi yet, but there is another water Janasi coming up. Well, that is cool. I, I, I didn't realize Jesse had played a, Jana a water Janasi. Yeah, she she played a blood hunter, I believe. Oh, blood hunter water Janasi. If I if, if my memory serves, yeah. you are correct. Yeah, and she, I think she was evil alignment as well, which I thought would have been super interesting. Yeah, yeah I remember episode one was, I had very dark questions about uh, about Jessie, uh, considering how friendly and kind she is in real life. I know, yeah, right? When you play Wait, a fantasy game and you put a little of yourself into it, you're like, hmm, how much of yourself did you put into this? Like, Sebastian, tell us about your home life. Blink once <laughs> if you need a rescue. <laughs> right. Right, right, right. Tap your nose. Yeah, exactly. If you're okay, if you need help, totally get uh, that. By the way, that that voice you heard is our uh, illustrious Atros, aka Yun, uh, mm -hmm. recording, but also interjecting from time to time. Uh, but I will yeah. ask him questions. So yeah, so you meet we 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 reacquaint ourselves with Asante in this uh, at this point, and you also reintroduce yourselves to the um the fortune teller from the the beginning of the of the adventure yeah um, and uh i i think that i i think guy had a very amusing interaction with her like i i just i had to pause and just start laughing with as he was trying to match her voice for some reason <laughs> uh yeah so he instead of being thrown off by things that are weird or um not a, not the norm which everybody else is like questioning and puzzled or need, needs a moment he kind of <laughs> embraces those things and i like to think that the moment he heard something weird he reacts by either mimicking it to understand it a little bit or just to kind of uh say back what he's hearing to kind of understand for himself too and i thought like as guide the person who's playing the character in that moment, it's it's kind of fun to break the tension of things that could possibly be heavy or too crazy or confusing with a little bit of humor. So I thought putting the, the trying my best Brooklyn uh, accent, and I am from Brooklyn, I really don't do a very good Brooklyn accent, which would be fun in that moment. I gotta say it was pretty good because there was there we got to a point where I couldn't tell whether it was you or Tommy talking. Which but was. they 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 started making fun of me because uh, Weakwa to me doesn't isn't good at uh, impressions, and I thought he wouldn't. I'm not good at this impression either, so I thought it'd be fun to do a bad impression. So they started calling me Arnold Schwarzenegger because it sounded a little like Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah, than a broken guy. Well, sometimes a bad impression is better, you know, better than a good yeah. I find them to be funnier. Like I know when I was listening to like uh, a lot of interviews like with Mark Hamill, he when he was talking about like some characters he did in like obscure things, he'll do a bad impression of somebody. And even like the the guys like Rob Paulson, I think in his podcast he says the same thing. A lot of times when he comes with the characters, his premise is to, to take a bad voice to make a new character out of that. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think it's uh, you kind of when you when you get to the point of doing a bad accent on purpose it kind of frees you up a bit 
mm -hmm. to, to have fun versus trying like because when you're trying to do a good impression you have the the pressure of trying to do that good impression and then also trying to do a good job as a character but if you do a bad impression it's super easy to do a bad impression and so you're not thinking about how good can i do this bad impression well plus like it it, it makes it more whimsical or more ridiculous and the end right you know Ex except when sebastian does it then it's just horrible it's bad you should never but the thing that <laughs> saves him and I gotta tell you, every single I will I will take this to the grave with me. He is so immersed in his characters, it's insane. Yeah. Like it's so crazy. As soon as he starts, he doesn't break. Yeah. It's so cool. It's like it's such an experience. It takes such experience to do what he does, and he's done it like he's done it since day two. And yeah. It's so funny. The last episode we did together, um, was you know, he did the intro, but he, you know, he was I was interviewing him. And we went, you know, I was like, you know, I was messing with him about it, but I had brought this up in that episode. And I think this episode also moves that for this point forward, but we're at the point where the party is getting comfortable with role playing and everyone is kind of hitting their mark. Like, even if like, for like someone like Argyle, who is not putting up an accent, he's basically playing himself, but he's in character. A lot of the character responses I've heard from like people like him, Zex, uh, Weapa, it's like on point of like what their characters would do. Um, yeah. And especially with like with 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 uh, Weapa, like I remember the last episode, just like the little things he was doing, like grabbing an arrow and playing with that, or like when they when you guys first met Arena, um, and the it was the topic of whether or not to help her out. Everyone, you know, was like was being like kind of like murder hobo adjacent of like and trying to extort or embezzle but we aqua being the the shining light on the team is like yes we will help mm -hmm. yeah and he got you for that too i think in the episode um but it, it, that's just kind of if you're gonna play the character of murder hobo you uh, you gotta kind of stick to it too so i kind of appreciate that they were doing it jokingly at first because it's it's always fun to like play the murder hobo but they were their responses also reflected the murder hobo personality that they said they were having so at least like the consistency is there but it's really it's nice to have it's always nice to have the opposites opposites always cause some type of tension or conflict and that's always good for storytelling yeah especially because like i know um sometimes like i think we get into the trap as players where like every we might ignore the the alignment of the characters, but we automatically just assume the person across the table is is my friend, and we're just going to kind of always line up. And I mean, I don't like to be complete contrarian. I mean, I do like to be a contrarian, but like I find it amusing when the players don't automatically just follow the line and just do something a little different. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah, and in guys' case, and in um, we was put case, it's not like chaotic as a bad thing is chaotic as in spontaneous or just yeah unforeseen. um the 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 last time we spoke it was uh, i created the character to make a character who wanted to die because i thought it was always fun to do that uh i never did that before uh because when you make a character you want to see them to the end but i thought it'd be fun and kind of chaotic to have a character want to die for the greater good yeah so and just put him in those kind of circumstances and at first it seems like People, like I thought people would just let this guy die, but they kept trying to save him and it just yeah. ended up being so much more funny. Well even even with um I think the person like the two people who had the most like 
visceral reaction to the suicidal nature of Wiakwa was was um, Shanks and Kyber, oddly yep. enough. Whereas, yep. like, I think I personally think that that is the moment where I, where we're gonna start seeing Kyber open up because he had somebody help him or like sacrifice themselves for him or yeah. but it's also interesting like with, with Shanks it's like essentially his reaction was to like berate you like a child <laughs> yeah he, he be, yeah because he didn't know who the character was at first so yeah. he thought he he I think in a later episode he had an aside with someone where he explains the way I spoke to Weakwa probably wasn't the best I gotta figure I, I I just started to figure him out now I'm gonna talk to him on his level and yeah. so it's like that's the kind of character, and it's it's a great it's a great character development too, where um, you see the in in the game you see the character go, I made a, a choice, I didn't like that choice, and now I'm changing it based on something that happened in the game versus something that the uh, the person came up with while the game is not going on, like where you get all those kind of backstories or choices, and then uh, the next episode you see the character completely change. But there's no action in story to show that it's just that the, the the actor did all the changing in between the game so i i'm not i don't like those kinds of changes i like the changes that happen organically in story where people are hearing you make those changes so it was great for him to just say that meant like to mention that interaction he said i, I made a mistake i gotta talk to him different and then he spoke to me different it, it shows change it shows character and you summed it up perfectly i love the the organic nature of it um where it does feel like um you can see that progression um and it also had nothing to do with story like the story like strad or the the, yeah. the house or anything like that it was just a moment between the characters and to me that's more compelling and more interesting than slashing a giant with the crit you know what i mean that's the, there's some times where like i mean as someone who's listening to to this to interview you guys i have to kind of listen to the combat for any like little nuggets but for me a lot of times i tend to tune out the combat and wait for those amazing character moments like like in this one i mean just uh we aqua imitating the um the fortune teller was great but even like that just the spontaneity of like um tr convincing galahad to give you a horsey ride yeah like that was i rolled a nat 20 on that I can't. I didn't know Tom was gonna make this roll. I thought I was just like in character. We were both gonna like bicker back and forth. Yeah. But Tom was like intimidation versus persuasion, and I was like, oh no. Oh my god, that that's even better. I, I yeah. <laughs> and the fact that you got a natural twenty is the best. Yeah, I I felt so. I don't know if you heard it, but I felt so sorry because I was like, dude, this like sometimes I like we make remarks in the game, uh, like while we're recording that don't make the final cut because it's just us joking around. So it's like it would be funny if like I asked you to write, uh, or if I asked Tiny to let me write him, and then Tommy's like, that's in game now, and I was like, mm, okie dokie. But it, but again, it's still it's one of those moments that makes sense, you know? Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. But sometimes, like we're smart asses, right? We're we're joking around, being sarcastic. We're we're playing with each other. We're we're saying, "Oh, what if I did this?" Ha ha, joke, joke, elbow, elbow. And then the DM goes, "No, that's in." <laughs> yeah, my, my DM has that rule. It's like, okay, roll it, and like. Yeah, exactly. Let's see what happens. Let's see what the mm -hmm. dice say. Well, it's even like um, the DM I play with. Like, uh, if we make a mistake, that is in game. Like, our characters were arguing over like um, this money we had a. Uh, you know, uh, made off of a deal, and as players, we 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 
we didn't do the math right. So we stopped and like, wait a second. And in character, it's like, wait, how much did we charge them? How much were we supposed to charge them? And we were like, it was a combination of in player, in character, doing the math, and the DM just watching it and just cracking up. And it was like a fun character moment. That, hey man, those unplanned, spontaneous moments that get in there make the game, man. Which is why I love this game. Yeah. Like you can't, you cannot plan this game. You can plan your character maybe and your backstory a little bit and maybe some interactions when you get really good at it. But there's always moments that you just cannot plan. Yeah. And that's, that's what I think we all live for. Um, because otherwise we'd be just playing video games, you know? If yeah. And the, the, it props to, um, tone to going with that. Like sometimes when you play with people you don't really know or are new to the game and you do something silly like that, you don't know what people's boundaries are or like how far you can take a joke or something like that. And it was like in game, the character very seriously did not want Weagua on him, but he, we rolled the dice and it just went my way and he just went with it. So it's really nice to have people that you play with that go with what the scene ends up being on the dice roll. So it's really nice too. They don't like fight it too much. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's like a little playful fighting of it, but it, they just roll with it. Yeah, and he responded. He was like, okay, get on my back. And he, in <laughs> character, responded. It's really funny. Yeah, I can only see like, you know, Sloop shoulders like, oh, fine. Yeah, it, yeah. He, well, he audibly, I think, went like, <sighs> Yeah. Which is fun. Like, it's all he needed to do. It was fun, you know? It also kind of made me think of the Fastball special from, from the X-Men comics. So, like, I would love to see this, like, played again in the future for, like, combat. <laughs> that would be awesome. Uh, the, the, the dynamic between Tiny and I? Like, yeah, I so if you stick around, oh. there is a there is a dynamic between uh, Weakwa and Tiny, for sure. Nice. It's great to look yeah. at. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, after, after the camp and the horsey ride, um, it seemed like... Uh, <laughs> Like, I had made this joke during the last recap that, like, every path to safety that they found for uh, Irina um, seemed to pass by Strahd, like, a little uncomfortably close. And so you kind of saw in this episode, it was it was bound to happen. Y'all go, um, again, close to Strahd's castle. It's clearly there in the distance. And uh, some something creepy had happened. Um, a carriage, from my understanding, a, a Ky Kyver, right? It wasn't Kyber, it was a, I think it was a carriage had approached the, the party and then everyone decides to like say nope and just run away. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's But there like, was also I think there was also a moment where Kyber hallucinated something. Uh you mean that I think that's the only one I I don't remember that from this episode as much. It wasn't this episode. Okay. No, that that's was fine. I think the, he was he had hallucinated with the um couple episodes ago with the corpse. Okay. The yeah, tree. the corpse. That's what I was talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Seen, yeah, yeah. Everyone had seen just a random human, but Kyber had saw himself. Yeah, 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 yeah. I believe it was actually last episode. Um, yeah. That's why it was fresh in my mind. Well, I think in this campaign in itself, there's a lot of like mind fuckery going on. Um, yeah. yeah. Again, kudos to our DM for that, man. Totally. Yeah. Praise Tommy. Um, yeah. But like in this one, um, you guys run away from the, the carriage and it's obviously, it makes Irina uncomfortable. Mm. Um, and then you decide to camp out and everyone's talking about taking Firewatch, um, which again, props to Argyle for like coming up with the, with the winning uh, philosophy of Firewatch, always be the first or last. 
um, which I thought was cool. Um, and I was kind of hoping that um, that uh, guy that you that you would have taken up Firewatch with somebody, but you didn't get a chance to. Is that correct? I think by that time in this in this episode, I wanted to, but I don't think I got the chance to. No. Yeah, I was kind of looking forward to it since I knew we would be talking tonight. Um, yeah, it was it was more like I think. Uh, and I said I wanted to be with Tiny. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was really looking forward to that, but it didn't get to happen because. I, Go on. Oh, I, I got my shot when I knew I wasn't going to do Firewatch. I got my little shot in where I said, while they walk away and go do their talking, you hear Weakwa in his sleep go, uh, yeehaw, tiny. <laughs> oh my God, I missed that part. That was great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but while everyone was asleep, it seemed like there was like um, essentially like a, a creepy laughter that, that, caused the people who were on Firewatch, if I remember correctly, it was, um, yes. uh, was it Atros and Zex? Yes. Yeah. Cause I think like, yeah, we had, it was actually kind of funny. Cause like, I like the interaction between Atros and Zex. They're basically talking about enchanting. And in the middle of that, there's creepy laughter and you get attacked by what is, I assume was Strahd this early in the game. Yeah. It was an encounter with Strahd. We didn't get attacked though. He just came to talk. But Wiyakwa uh, turned into a Black Panther and started, he's like, this is the bad guy. We got to attack this guy. All right, so it was, it was Wiyakwa who kind of started the... Yeah, Wiyakwa definitely, uh, with his emotions, started the first initial aggressive action. And then when I did, Tom said, roll initiative, and we were in battle, and that's where um, Lauren says, fuck, because he didn't want to get into a battle with him. Yeah. And then the first round, I think Tiny gets charmed and then Tom says something about a legendary reaction and literally the whole party froze like legendary a uh, action. No, we can't defeat this thing. Yeah, because I think um, uh, as much as you were trying to, to protect Irina, she ended up getting bit from my understanding. So why, when, when he charmed Tiny, everybody convinced Weakwa to stand down because they didn't want Tiny to get hurt anymore. And so I reverted back to my form and he said, we just want to talk. And we had a little dialogue and everyone was scared of him. And then uh, one of the characters said, well, if you leave with Irina right now, you won't hurt us. And, and he was like, yeah, that's fine. That's exactly what I want. I'll take her and leave you guys. I don't care about you guys. So he literally took her and I think the, of, of the people who had the different reactions, it was, I think Atros and Wiyakwa were both pretty adamantly like, this is a bad idea. Like, we should protect her. Mm -hmm. Like, this is what we're here for. How can we just let her go? And everyone was like, well, we can live to fight another day. We can always find her and save her. <laughs> and I was like, no. <laughs> you guys had one job and you just said, nope, we don't want to do nope. it. Anymore. Literally eight, uh, eight of the 10 people, I believe, or like seven of the nine people said, nope. Oh my God, yeah. Yeah, but it's also like, it's really hard to fight someone when your biggest, baddest mm -hmm. character is charmed. So. Yeah. I remember hearing the um, the out of character conversation about that. And it was like, it was almost like, like Tony was defeated in, in the sense of like, he's like, yep, I'm charmed for 24 hours. Yeah, you know, it was like everyone's like, fuck. I mean, yeah, 
we were, I think, uh, only level two or three at that point. So a few hits from that guy, one of us was going down. Yeah. A few hits from legendary actions, Estrade, everybody else was going down. So I don't think anyone had rage besides Tiny. If he even had, I don't know, he's a paladin. I don't, he's no. not a barbarian. You'd have Smite. Uh, yeah, Smite, but he's the one that's hitting us. And then the only person who could really fight were. Um, Probably Shanks. Shanks might have been. Shanks, Shanks, at that point, I don't. I, was he a fighter? I think he was. He, no, he's, he, he's, he's gone different. He, he, I, he's he's gone different yeah. routes since then. But yeah, I don't. It, it was it, it was going to be a pretty pretty swing favor in there in in Strahd's court. Which, so out of game, I totally understand as to why they were like, we don't want to fight him. Mm -hmm. But then like someone needed to either sacrifice themselves, stay behind while everyone else ran. But everyone was like, nope, take Irene. We'll get her later. <laughs> like, I mean, is it likely that you're gonna go try to get her, or is it just more like yeah? That's the, everyone was on agreement that even in game and out of game, we're gonna go get her. We just need to survive. If we die, we can't protect her. Which ultimately, that's why we Aqua was like, I guess. Yeah, it's even like listening to it. I'm like, um, there's probably other ways around it, but I, I, I yeah, I guess. <laughs> Um, right. It's really hard, like, in that moment of, like, seven people saying, no, Weakwa, you can't fight to fight. Like, I would have had to fight everybody else. But um, you did do something interesting, and uh, I believe once the fight once the fighting was over, um, you tried to break Galahad out of the charm, because Strahd just took Irina. He did not take um, Galahad, right? Yeah, so I, I I did what any good best friend lover would do, which is slap him across the place a few times, see if I could wake him up. Yeah, and, and tell us what what happened to that because I remember there was like a lot of um, conversation over how hard to hit him or you know what. Well, I believe was just gonna do what he could and like as hard as he could. No, no, he was gonna smack the spirit out of him. Um, because that's what he thought it took to snap him out of a magical control. But everybody else was like, no, we can't hurt him. If we hurt him, what's the point of saving him? And every, you know, everyone always has opinion. You know, you got seven people in a room, you have eight opinions, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I forgot, does, does Tiny have a helmet on at this point in the game? Cause that might've done some. I don't remember. I don't remember him having a helmet. I don't even think he has a helmet now. Okay. Atros. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. No, he's Do never you know? had a helmet. Yeah, he's never had a helmet. So like he full face, full five fingers to the face. You know what I mean? So how did that work out though? Did, did it, it didn't work out. It didn't. Oh. I don't think it snapped him out of it. I think we had to wait. Uh, or I. What did we do? We either waited it out or he was able finally to roll against it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I think maybe like you can do saves. I think uh, every so often. Um, yeah, I think I think he finally like brushed it off, or as soon as Strahd left, it stopped. Yeah, because well, he dro either dropped it. I think that's what happened. Yeah, I, f I forget the rules of charm off the top of my head, but I know it's not like you're automatically their thrall. It's just more of like I don't want to hurt this guy. Yeah, it, you re regard the person as a friend. Yeah, exactly. That sounds right to me. Um, yeah, I think I've, I've only been really playing with that because of Baldur's Gate, and I find. Ah, uh, Baldur's Gate. Yeah. 
Um, How you like it? I'm digging it. I've, I've been I I just rolled a new uh, um, druid because that's the the build that they released. Um, so been having some fun. I think I was playing uh, Circle of the Moon druid. Um, yeah, that was my that was my first pick for uh, We Aqua. I was gonna be a Circle of the Moon druid because you get to do bonus action wild shape, but yeah. and you get you your CR levels of transformation are quicker than the other uh, subclasses but yeah. Tom yeah. was like hey if you pick Circle of the Shepherd I want you to take it uh, Circle of the Moon I want you to take it slow with the transformations so I was like well that's the whole point of taking the subclass so I was like I'll just do uh, Shepherd and be a more of a healer because I think we're going to need that yeah with this game it was since it's more you know it's a video game it's combat oriented um, mechanically, the the Circle of Moon was just more fleshed out for this this the early release of Baldur's Gate. Baldur's Gate, yeah, yeah. But like, because like this one, you can do Wild Shape. It's designed for combat, so you can out of combat. It's it's kind of like a free action in a way. Like you know, it. it yeah, it's, six seconds. Yeah, yeah. Plus, like you can do it a couple times before you need a long rest. Whereas, yeah, I forget the name of the other one, but the other Circle, it's a little bit more limiting, but you get some better support spells. But the one thing I like is this one. You can do the big ball of fire that rolls around the um, the, the map, which is kind of interesting. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's a video game. So you lose that, um, the creativity of like, you know, a tabletop game like like you guys are playing here. Yeah. yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. So, um, yeah, now that Arena's gone, what what's next i think what do we have for we aqua he, what he's thinking is what are these guys like where are these guys in spectrum like of good and evil because he's questioning that at this moment because if 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 he sees things from his point of view and only his point of view he thinks what they did was kind of in a way evil and not caring about another creature like more worried about themselves more selfish yeah. than some, someone else so he's seeing them as selfish and he's not sure if he wants to kind of stick around with them but he's giving they're right now they're the only these are the only non-creature animal companions he's had thus far so he's kind of giving them a chance he's got nowhere to go right now so he's going to tag along but He's going to tag along to see what's going to happen. And he, he gives people the benefit of, he gives everything the benefit of the doubt. So he's like, he's, he's not, he doesn't just want to end things just because something doesn't go well or someone doesn't make a good decision. He wants to talk it out and see if like they can improve or he can improve and let's move forward. He doesn't like to end things just because people disagree with him or have a different outlook on life. It's a, it's a very interesting way to view it. I'm sure if he was a little bit more rigid in his philosophy, he probably would have left. But being that he's like like water and he's kind of formless. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I also, so for me as well, I like characters that aren't super rigid because in life, that's how I like to be, not rigid. Yeah. So it's, it's just, it's much more fun to play with a character who can roll with the punches than gets slapped in the face for every two or not sorry slap someone in the face just when they either step out of line or but it's it's you only you only disagree 
you only don't get along with someone when you disagree with them, but that's not a reason to not get along with someone, in my point of view. Like okay. you should you should be around people who you do disagree with. You never want to be around people who are just like you. It's kind of boring. Yeah, exactly. You know, you could just stare in a mirror then if that's the case. One hundred percent. Yeah, but with We Aqua too, like now it feels like um, from what you're describing, he's starting to view the 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 party differently. And do you feel like this is another part point where he's going to start growing and he's going to start seeing people as like maybe imperfect or? Yeah, for sure. He 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 does see the the quote unquote leaders of the group as a little bit imperfect and that they take too long to make decisions based on what he thinks is the second best decision which is with the brain versus with the heart yeah. he's like they're leading with what they call logic but his logic is how he feels mm-hmm. how he feels is right and you do the thing the, at that moment the best you can do it you don't think about it for 40 hours and then do something yeah you, you've got a point there because I, I noticed um whenever shit goes down we is one of the first people who's like ready to do something and not always just ready to fight but like instinctually it just seems like he's just there you know ready Yeah, because he doesn't take too long to think yeah he's not thinking he's just like this is this is what i have to do even if it's not quote unquote the right thing to do at that moment it's what he thinks is right and so he doesn't need to be bothered by thinking uh, contemplating the the pros and cons of it because his pro is that he had the thought and he knows that's a good thought go for it it's, well, it's, right now he sees in black and white he doesn't see grays okay interesting but like so in the grand scheme of things though did do you think at this point um there's any decisions that Uyakwa has made that like a future Uyakwa would disagree with or would have come to regret at this point regret no but disagree with sure yeah, for sure. The where Wiakwa is now, he's he's in a state of well, well I, without ruining anything, he, he 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 has learned a little bit of gray area. He's learned what gray area means okay. in some way, in some capacity. He's become a little more flexible in, in his He's 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 experienced the grays. Mm, okay. Yeah. So he, he Go ahead. No, I was gonna say, is there any like specific thing from these last nine episodes that he would have done differently, or? Yeah, sure. So on? he would he would have he would have fought harder for Irina. Interesting. Yeah, he would he wouldn't have listened to them. Hmm. Now. Yeah. Yeah, he would have probably died. Ah, uh, so he would have just straight up just attacked Strahd. Yeah. He would have just said, "Run, go." That's interesting, and it kind of lean, leans back to his whole idea of self-sacrifice. Yeah, and it, it, and that particular moment, it's not a gray for him; it's more of a black. But he would have he he gave the only reason why they were able to talk him down from it is because it was new. He he really didn't know what was going on. He was kind of still following what they were saying and trying to give them the benefit of that and learn from them. But at this point, he's kind of become his own. And he doesn't care that much if people disagree with him. He knows them more. So yeah. he's like, if you don't know me by this point and you're not going to do the thing I'm going to do, <laughs> go away. You know what I mean? Well, it sounds to me like, too, like future Weakwa would have been, is kind of become more defined as a character. 
Yeah, sure. More mature, like, you know, not to say an yeah. adult, but like, he's not as easily influenced, you know? Yeah, so the character is 15, 15 years old in game. Yeah. Yeah, so he's definitely not an adult. Which is which kind of goes into why he reacts repulsive, uh, impulsively and react reactionary to and lots of things. I think um, by this point in the adventure, uh, as of this recording, I think you guys are up to what is it? Episode seventeen, I think eighteen is on yeah. available. How much time has passed in game up until episode nineteen? I'm gonna guess. I think it's around three months. Okay, so it's young. Young? Not even. Oh. Not even. It's. Wow. It's been well, like wasn't there, wasn't there two like to three little, weeks. Was it? But wasn't there a little tiny thing? <clears throat> uh no. It's been. Like oh, that's two. that's that's uh, beginnings. Mm. See what I just did? Yeah. We did. We did. We did a time hop in another campaign which literally happened last week yeah. uh yeah no so yeah three weeks not even a month has gone by but he's he's grown so much in in that much time that's amazing and it's only because uh, and the whole group i think has grown in that time one because as players they've gotten more comfortable in their characters mm -hmm. two because of the situations the dm has put us in which are very extreme when you put the characters in extreme situations they either get super uh crazy and deluded or super defined because in crazy situations you have to make decisions and all your actions then can define you that's yeah. all it like that's all that defines you in life your actions right so the more actions you make the more people are going to define you mm -hmm. oh that's interesting though um so yeah at this point now arena's gone and but there's but what happens after she's gone what decisions are made by the party in the next episode or at that point? Because like I think we, we saw a little bit more time left in this episode and I think uh, from my, my understanding you guys do get another quest to find somebody. Yeah, so from the cards I think we <clears throat> gathered that we needed to find a Dusk Elf mm -hmm. which would help us get to the next step okay. of possibly taking down Strahd. Um, so uh the group themselves they have all decided let's try to give these cards a, uh, a shot and see what happens also keep in mind we just we also have uh, a homebrew thing which the journeyman is in there so that's not in the normal uh playthrough if you were to play through the curse of stride campaign you wouldn't know who the journeyman is unless you play with tommy or someone of this group so we also have that going on as a kind of side but in some ways ends up being the focus for a little while Interesting. because it's it's so intriguing <laughs> and there's moments in uh, with the journeyman that need our attention over what we're doing main quest strad it's funny because yeah there's times that as i'm listening it's strad goes from being the main adventure to a side quest in a larger story which is kind of yeah cool. exactly yeah we're like at at some point we were just like <laughs> strad who and then yeah. we all kind of laughed i think i've heard the same thing from tommy that he's like he was setting up some other big bads that are like bigger than you know than strad which i'm really looking forward to, to seeing 
Yeah, I feel like he also did that because it was a, so the Curse of Stride campaign is designed, I think, for four to six players. Yeah, we're ten mm-hmm. or around ten, anywhere from eight to two, eight to eleven, I believe. So he, I think, for he was just trying to make it more challenging, more interesting for us. Because for for combat, if he were to just keep throw at us what's in the campaign book, we'd be able to basically run through everything pretty pretty easily because it's double the amount of characters yeah. uh, for the difficulty rating. So I think it was just his way of trying to add more role play, which was to get get us into involved more into it and uh, less about combat because combat t- takes a while with 10 people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so and then once when he did that inadvertently, he made he put the like when you add something to a, a story, you either micro it or you macro it and i think he, it just happened to be a macro and people really got interested into what the story elements were shaping out to be yeah and, and especially like for someone like tommy who's really into homebrew i I'm, I'm gathering the homebrew stuff is probably more interesting to him as well um yeah same thing was happening in my, my game like my dm was like was starting to get tired of just running the, the book version of curse of strahd and we ended up just rolling a new game entirely, but that's you know, a different story. Um, during during your session, you ended up doing a whole new game, or you well, just started it, off with a whole new game. It was more like when we had players who, who would miss the campaign, or it's like, well, we can't play this game with like half the party. And after a few sessions where we missed it, it's like, well, let's just roll aside like a one shot that became the new campaign now. <laughs> Yeah, so I I started DMing my first game, and I was like, I'm not I'm not going to do a module. I it's literally homebrew. It's awesome. It's actually spontaneous too. There's no there's no real uh, preparation besides what who the characters are, what their backstory is. Everything else is made up on the spot. I, I tend to to play by my the seat of my pants like that when I DM. Um, it's rich- just fun. Oh yeah. Well, plus, depending on like, so I was fortunate that a lot of the players I had in my game were all seasoned role players, so I knew they were gonna derail my game. Especially my 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 our forever DM when he was playing, I knew he was gonna derail my game. So for me, it was like I I'm like I'm not gonna come up with a plan. I'm like I'm gonna come up with characters that they're gonna run into, and based on how they uh, interact with each other, I'm just gonna throw the characters in. And just let them run wild and right. i mean for one thing it led to less prep work for me which is great um yeah. uh but on you know on the other side it was a more organic game it didn't feel like they were being forced into something and they had complete options to do what they wanted um although to be fair like sometimes it was hard to to come up with like good enemies uh by the seat of my pants that had like good stats a lot of it was just like i kind of fudge numbers like okay i know these guys are like level 10 i'm gonna just say all the dcs are 18 plus you know for for certain things you know yeah uh, so it was like really fudge numbers but it was more for role playing and then the challenge of like number crunching i've been trying to figure out how to throw a mechanic into the game that has to do with while in combat role playing can happen like you know, in mo- like kung fu movies or any type of martial art movie, where two people who are fighting, they're kind of also dialoguing with each other. It's funny that with the same group, when we, when I first started playing with them, the game we were playing was Star Wars D twenty, 
And this was like shortly after um, the prequel trilogy had come out. And like it was like when the Clone Wars animated card, not the CG one, but the 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 um, the Gendy Tatarski uh, version of it. Um, so like it was just that time we were playing Star Wars and my character was a tech specialist who wanted who grew up dreaming of being a Jedi. Um, and this was during this was pre episode four. So like, you know, Empire is just running wild. Being a Jedi will get you killed. But my character had discovered a lightsaber and wanted to take the path of the counselor. Um, and he was attacked by a dark side, a pair of dark sided death twins. And he's um, so like one of the twins was fighting one of the other part members. But so he was fighting one of them with, a, I think she had a vibro sword and he had a, a lightsaber. Um, side note, it was actually, uh, we found out later it was Asajj Ventress's lightsaber that he had tried to reclaim. Uh, so it was like a green, like he had changed the crystal to green, but it, it was that Dooku style curved hill. Okay. Yeah, and he's fencing with this dark side adept while trying to essentially talk her out of being a dark sider. Nice. Like, the mechanic we were playing is we had force points. Um, whereas like, you know, like they're like inspiration points where you get bonuses. And while my character was like, his ego was driving him so hard to want her to turn to the light that I actually earned a dark side point while turning her to the light, which was a mind fucker then i was like i was actually getting emotionally involved into it but the way we um we role played it was you know i would roll my attack but then i would roll um we would treat the the, the persuasion as uh, a contest of skills but i believe i wrote uh i rolled it as the jedi mind trick skill or persuasion i can't remember the specifics but by using a force point, it added extra successes. I believe at that point it was like an extra 3d6. Okay. Yeah, so like I had to basically uh, combat her will save. You know, will that's pass. that's yeah. really cool. Yeah. But it was it was a it was a very fun, very emotionally charged session. Right. Right, and, and you you almost forget about the fighting part. Like it's not yeah. important. Like any game that has fighting, it's almost it's, it's almost not important. Yeah, it can be important once you talk. Once your character is making a decision, an action that has to do with uh, their thought process, their desires, their fears, their wants, anything yeah. like that. That's when the fight's interesting. Well, especially for this too, it was like the fighting was a way of bringing down her her defenses and and tiring her out. Like. Um, you know, the, you know, I was, I, feel, I forgot the mechanics. I think like it was, a, she just had to beat my AC for an attack. But a lot of times what I would do is I would attack, um, to not to wound, but to like disarm or to parry or just to kind of like, you know, tire her out. Yeah. Uh, which gave her negative, like, you know, uh, minuses to like, uh, will saves and stuff after a while. Yeah. But again, the point was not to kill her, so I wasn't causing damage. But she was trying to kill me, so I was taking the licks. Um, and it was, yeah, I think, I forgot. I, I came pretty close to, to not making it. Because um, the character was definitely higher level than me. Um, and actually, kind of the fucked up part, too, is at the end, when he turned her to the, lights, to the light, 
her I found out later on that her father, who was like the big bad, killed her. Which was like and that like the character was like heartbroken over that, you know? Oh my god. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> but that's awesome. Like that's really great story engaging. Yeah. Really, exactly. yeah it's emotionally charged, as you said. You, you use yeah. the right word, emotionally charged term terms. <laughs> Yeah, and like, but the spontaneity as that I was going for, it was like, it was just supposed to be a combat session. But my character, he was like, no, I don't want to just kill this person, you know? Yeah. In the We're in the middle of a war, there's enough death, you know, and yeah. he wants to live up to be that Jedi. No. Uh, uh, my my, my uh, one rule, or not rule, but like what I try to go for in these moments is just because you're disagreeing doesn't, well, you can, you can, as as long as you're in the moment, uh, sorry, like you, you, neither of you leave. That's the tension is more compelling. Like you could just say, "I don't want to be here and leave," and now there's no story. Like the story is done, right? But I don't want to be here, and your character stays. Mm -hmm. So much more interesting. Well, it, it keeps the scene going. So for you, it's uh, your scene was I don't want to kill you, but you had to fight her. Yeah. Right, so there was at, 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 throughout that whole scene, there was possibly moments where yeah. you could have killed her. Yeah, even right, like you could have totally. It was definitely a much stronger adversary than, than me, but but uh, you could have done struck a fatal blow. You could have hit a critical. You could have hit a, a nerve. You could have hit something where well, you could have killed her, right? Yeah, well, it's it's a good comparison compared to like the character I'm playing in my current game now, where uh, I had now I'm a pirate, chaotic neutral, definitely not a not a good person and he's fighting someone who's worse and it was a duel in a similar vein with a higher level character and the resolution was death and we both nearly killed each other um but my character locked out um this was like straight up combat but also there was the same dialogue of like taunting each other but the personalities were different and it was just like violence just at each other mm -hmm. um and the, the resolution was was more uh, left to dice mechanics in that like, we uh, we both knocked each other out, both got each other down to like, you know, zero hit points, but I just managed to make three successes on the, the, the death save. So I jump up with one point and I was like, kill. Yeah. Um, different characters, but it's like, even that, that moment, it was like, we didn't know what we were going for. The DM just like, I'm just going to put these two people together and just see what happens. Right. You know? That's that's the fun of role playing, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So the fun. Yeah, I love. I love that. It's also for that specific one. <clears throat> your that made sense for your characters. Yeah. To do those things, right? You're chaotic neutral, and then you're fighting someone who's worse. Neither of you really care about too much yeah. emotion, right? Right. So you're neutral, and he's whatever he was. So really, for that scene, for that particular scene, it wasn't an emotionally charged scene. It was brawn over brains kind of thing in that in that scene. The emotional aspect in the character, the fact is, my characters, our, our my party was trying to escape, and this opponent called me out for a duel. Um, it was kind of like a Highlander situation, you know? It was like that, right? But like there could be only one. So both of our parties kind of stopped their mutual fights until we resolve this right uh, so so now you have the tension of the outside watching in so you yeah. have that that's so wherever there that as long as there's tension 
there's a, there's enough for the scene to continue. Once people don't get interested or emotionally involved, then the scene kind of falls flat. It's stuff like that that's that's kind of made me even as a player. <clears throat> I try to include other players in decisions and in shenanigans, specific, specifically shenanigans. Like whenever I play like a, a more of a trickster character, even if I'm playing someone who's combat oriented, I try to keep that like instead of like I do this and I'm like, no, no, I'm going to tap this other player. We're going to do this together. Or if, you know, if, if a player's like, oh, as a party, we should all do this. I'm like, you know what? Nah, let's not do that. Let's do something else. And I'm going to I'm going to throw a playful monkey wrench into things to make that thing. Things go in unexpected directions, you know, and yeah. uh, I see that it, happening with your party, too. So, yeah. So I and the only reason why I played that character <laughs> for this party is because no one else was playing that character. Yeah. At that moment, like Argyle is kind of playing the snarky. A uh, character who kind of has a witty comment in between, in between things, but for Wiyakwa, since he's so bright-eyed, uh, deer in headlights, he's going to not get things. And in those moments of of uh, tension or uh, things that are not going well or some maybe negative in some way, he's just going to be like, "Oh yeah, that's right, I left the stove on," and he'll say something that has nothing to do with the moment and kind of give you an emotional whiplash but it's it's to take it's to give you a breather too it's to give you the the person who's watching oh this is real versus every like everyone has a different response to things so you shouldn't all have this this response of uh i'm gonna make the best decision at the best time all the time sometimes people just go orange yeah right and it's so much it's so much fun to do that because yeah, especially when you, you it, when you have the op like to me it's always about opposites or uh what you would would never see a character doing i want that character to do so like uh yun has a character in a different campaign who has ocd or like i think i think that was like joked into the story somehow where i think i made a comment like oh your character does this thing in a kind of ocd kind of way and it kind of stuck where I like it's it, this big, huge character um, who is a fighter and goes into a rage. His rage is about things uh, not going. What well, what was it? It was being out of place. Things that go out of place, right? Right. right. So he's like, oh, you need to fix your tie when you sit that at the the dinner table, and it's so funny because. It's so different. It's so extreme. It's so opposite. It's so polar opposite. Home for me, actually. <laughs> What'd you say? It's a little too close to home for me. <laughs> but it's so, like you. It's not the stereotype. I like anti-stereotypical things. Like big brawny guy has to be the dumb guy. No, he doesn't. Wizard has to be the guy who lusts for power. No, he doesn't. Yeah. Like we've seen that so many times. There's a thousand stories. It'd be really funny or really interesting to me, a wizard who's in search of magic because of how much he hates it, he wants to end it all. Like versus be uh, uh, total power consumption and have the most power and be the strongest mage in all of the world. He wants to get rid of all of magic. And that's why he becomes the best. Like that kind of motivation to me is so much more emotionally interesting. I mean, I, I just, I love also when, when characters have like these little traits about them that fly in the face of convention. Like one of my earliest characters was an anti-paladin 
his horse was called Buttercup. You know, like he wasn't like he wasn't like a cruel. I mean, he was a cruel person because he just grew like you know, like the point of the character was like is like he was the an anti paladin in that he just grew up worshiping the dark gods, but he was a sensitive soul, so he loved his horse. You know, and when like it died, he's like, no. Yes, yeah, like, that's the best. Off the top of my head, I was like, this would just be. I just said it as a as a lull, but. It, it fucking worked because it made sense with the character. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 really fun to give characters reasons to to break their character. Yeah, right. So like you get you get the person who the fighter who doesn't want to fight. That's interesting. You get the 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 druid who doesn't want to help nature for some reason. That's really interesting. Like I want to know more about that. Yeah. I don't want to know more about the fun loving hippy dippy druid. Like that's just like. Like there's, there's, I, I, you haven't seen it yet. When you keep watching, I want you to watch out for something Weakwa does. There's a really serious scene that happens, and then Weakwa comes in. Like, oh, I'm looking forward. To yeah, this. it's just so great. It's just, it's just that, it's, it's a moment that he, he, the character had, but just in the midst of things that were happening around him, oblivious. Like instead of saying. Oh, something serious is happening. He knew it, but he was also in his own world. He was also doing his own thing, and this is, that's what happens. Like, the, not everyone goes through tension at the same moment, at the same time, in the same way. This, this, it doesn't have. No one is happy the same way. No one is sad the same way. No one uh, sees something that you see happy in a moment the same way. Maybe you see something that's happy, but maybe it's bad for me because. It's happy for you, but I don't want you to win. I want to win, so I'm sad and you're happy. Yeah. So not everyone's going to have this same reaction in that moment. And those are things. Those are things I just try to be conscious for in story. Like, oh, another character's doing this. I I don't want to do that. I want to do something completely different, or uh, I want to do something that either enhances them, like supports them, but in a way that isn't effective. That's like, uh, like um, uh, I'm trying to think of an example. Oh, like uh, uh, the the what? Where are you? Uh, episode eight, nine. What, what, what episode was this? Nine. Arena just got kidnapped. So Kyver in this one says, uh, he says a phrase. He says like, "Keep your keep your pants on, Buttercup," or something along those lines. And I started trying to act like a Buttercup. I was like, uh, I don't have pants or I, I i just did something in the, where I, I i heard what he said but i did i took it literally versus it being afraid a, a phase so just doing that like you listen to the character and you do something different it's fun yeah it's it's uh, stupid but it's fun it's great it's like it's they're great character moments and they make for a fun um experience um so actually on that on that note too um what do we have to look forward to in the next episode is there anything that you want to clue people in to or the next episode so this is right after i read oh so what what i would say is keep an eye on what is happening between the group leaders because they're starting to like gel a little bit congeal they're definitely starting to you know have it, it it's so fun it's it's fun when a group has sub clicks as yeah. well as so that kind of starts to happen so get, get get like keep an eye out for that and then really pay attention to the improvements i think we make as as 
actors and role players in this thing because we we genuinely really love the game and it's fun to play with each, these these groups of this group of specific people and i think i think it really shows while we're playing like that we're getting better at it we're getting faster we're in our characters and everyone who's playing right now is super committed yeah, it's definitely what i look forward to just to hear the, the shenanigans that are going to come up um so in in closing though um do you have any questions for me yeah so what where's your head at with what is happening what what are your what are you cluing into what do you like to like what are your what are your ears grabbing towards or what what would you like to see more of well i mean i, I definitely i'm curious to know how the group is going to plan on um getting arena back like i feel like if this was a movie we'd be heading for a montage which i'm not sure is going to happen but i'm wondering how like how many side quests are they going to go on before they rescue her um, or if they even do, I, I have this sneaking suspicion that with this party, they might just like, you know what, screw it. Let's go do something out, you know, else. Yeah. Um, she knew what she was getting into and we got ours at the store. So who cares? Um, but I um, see never. Yeah, <laughs> that was, oh my God, that was great. <laughs> that was another moment where I was going to just text Sebastian, like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> everybody, everybody said that in game <laughs> yeah I, I caught that yeah and even like uh in this episode when um shanks gave did the intro even he was like what the fuck <laughs> um yeah there, there's that's definitely something i'm looking to see if you guys get to that point and i'm just knowing there's a bigger bad i'm kind of curious like when those uh tendrils start appearing to pull the character's focus away yeah, for sure. The, and the, the one thing I would say right now to anyone who's listening who also plays or wants to play, whatever you do, know that the DM is doing the best that they can. And the best way you can support them is be interested in, in the game, the, the world that they're building. So like interact with the world. Don't just like, don't just quibble over rules and don't just like he said, she said, don't do that. Like there's, there's, there's plenty of moments where uh, I, Tommy will say something and I'll say, so what's that thing's name or what does that thing do? Or what does that thing like? Yeah. Be because it's now more real. Right. Mm -hmm. So like there's, there's, there's a quick moment that I'll share that doesn't really get too much away. There's a group of horses and I the, literally just said, what's the horse's names? Because of that, they they were no longer horses. Now they're characters that the the, the characters really emotionally attached to. Like it's he he gives them names, he gives them personalities, and because of that, we have interactions with them. I don't think we would have had if we weren't engaged with the elements of the story, right? If we just rode a horse, horse one, horse nine. When horse one dies and horse nine dies, that's one and nine die. You know they don't care. But when Ignacio and Patrick Swayze die. You know, it's so much, it's so heart-wrenching. Like, you just going, Ignacio, no, right? It's so much, you get that moment that you didn't get just because you were more engaged in the story. So all I would say to people is just be aware that the DM does put a lot of effort into the game and they want to make it as fun for you. Don't make it more of a rule bitch kind of thing and be really interested 
and ask questions, dig into the story, be involved with the character NPCs. Don't just be a dick to them. Have fun. It's like this is what we're here for. We're here to play a game, have fun, and do spontaneous moments. Uh, I, I I definitely catch whenever my whenever my DM comes up with uh, character names that sound completely made up. Like I think there was one time there was like three NPCs he introduced, and it, and like he's like, oh yeah, uh, Gort, Bort, and Mort, or something like that. I'm like, okay, you didn't plan for these guys to last so long. I'm gonna make friends with that with this dude. In fact, so we. Unfortunately, two of them got killed, but the one got re got added to our crew, our pirate crew now, and he's an honor. He's like an introductory member. So, <laughs> so, so what you just said, keep yeah. in the back of your head for mm -hmm. our in our story because something might happen similarly to that. Definitely looking forward to that now. Cool. Um, uh, is there anything that you enjoy about the the what you see so far? Anything you don't like or don't or, or want to see more of? Um, I mean, there's there's some like I think the only problems I have with the show really are like technical things. A lot of times I hear like um, a barrage of like Discord sounds and like little like feedback things and for sure audio issues, which I understand that they're, they're the nature of the beast, um, especially the way we are. Like you know, you guys are just doing this using open source tools it's not like you know a, a pro studio um right props to tommy for like all the and uh uh young for um all the audio work you guys are doing but like those are the things that sometimes take me out of it especially with the discord sounds because then i'm like wait is this my discord or is your discord or who's texting now and it's like it's a it's a little bit of a distraction sometimes but i get it but i think overall i'm 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 enjoying it i mean you know Sometimes I wish the episodes were a little shorter, but you know. Yeah. So the, before they get shorter, they get longer. <laughs> there was a there was a time where he was like, "Yeah, we're gonna this this one should end by like one or two, or ended at like four. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. There were times I was considering like uh, doubling up our recap episodes, um, but just for me to sit through and listen for a two hour episode or two hour plus episode doing two in one day or you know back to back it's a little it's a little much <laughs> so it is yeah for sure but even even any you watch any dnd podcast or video it's minimum two hours like anyone who record i that's what i've seen so far most most dnd sessions are like three four hours i get it right because yeah exactly because you have four people deciding yeah. things every two seconds and so it takes a while I mean, I think it would be a different experience if I was playing along with you guys, if I was like a player and then doing it, because then I wouldn't have to like listen to it. Hey, if you want to throw that into the universe, throw that into the universe, my man. Just saying, just saying, I got my, I got my little dice and hammer thing. I'm ready to play. Hey, you know what? Hey, well, I, I will be shocked if you somehow don't get into this game, like as an MP or like as a one-off or something like that. Like we're 100% open for that, I think. I think the, the the one issue I might have is I think your games run the same time as my games, so that might be a little interesting logistical problem. But oh, is it Saturday night? Yeah, yeah, we've started. We we keep switching between Saturday and Sunday. Okay, um, well, if you get a Sunday and we're on a Saturday, it talk. seems like things can talk. Even if even if it's just like a, a scene or something like, even if you just yeah, well, we we want to get as many people engaged as possible so and we like people coming on as long as they're cool 
they got good vibes i think we're completely 100 open to that yeah, unrelated uh, i i've been i've been passing this around i need to, to send you this little drawing i did of kyver <laughs> you might enjoy oh yeah send it to me yeah you, you have me on facebook right i yeah. think we just yeah yeah dude it's right. been fun cool man and it was great catching up with you um <clears throat> always I, I was trying to keep this short and the time flew right by um have fun yeah. have fun with friends you know no doubt there's no such thing as a short DD session my man or a short recap or a short recap um before we close is there anything you want to plug or talk about or anything else uh medusa's cascade keep watching um and beyond watch out for us we're doing pretty big things next level you know what i mean uh also i want to plug you man you you you've been doing a few things you just did a kickstarter you just did um well uh, the indie comic what's the name of it the the ascendant so yeah the ascendant part, yes yeah, that's part of my group yeah. yeah we funded like i think we, we did it on sebastian's show and we we got a hundred like we break you got back right we won yeah, fantastic, dude. Yeah. I never gave you props for that. Good job, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, so everyone keep a, keep an eye out who's listening. Keep an eye out for that. He's doing big things. Yeah, I'm also, um, I think, I know if Sebastian mentioned you, he's doing some anthology stuff. I'm also tapping into that stuff, too. Um, I love it, man. Uh, uh, right now, I'm just... <laughs> say that one more time. ASAP Candrol, that is my handle on most things, or waywardraven.com. Um, you got to drop, you got to drop yeah. the links. Um, right now, all in, I'm, I'm in between uh, a few write, uh, story ideas, uh, but nothing nothing of written or written down yet. Just stuff like that, and a music music album. I'm doing I'm going to do another theme for Yun Yun's mm-hmm. campaign, and then uh, I'm also trying to do a YouTube series where I have one song for each character of the Mighty Nine, which are the Matt Mercer's D and D campaign. Nice. I don't know. If, I don't know if you know it, but it's a Critical Role. I, I'm 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 familiar with Critical Role. I've I've never watched it. Um, I know of it. Uh, right. Just so much content to consume out there. You know. One hundred percent. So yeah. So yeah. Critical has second season. It's the the name of the group is Mighty Nine. I'm following them. I'm up to date, and I like all their characters. And each I've I've written songs, theme songs for three of the characters so far. So watch out for that. And I, think, uh, I, I was at a con and I saw someone cosplaying as one of the characters from Critical Role. I had assumed she was just an original character before she explained it to me, but uh, I'm trying. I'm struggling to remember now who what it was. She was like I think an Elven character or like a drow. No, there's no drow in there, is there? Uh, I. There is a drow-like character, but it depends which campaign you're talking about. I don't. I don't remember. This is a while ago, too. I just remember the character, the, the the cosplayer was like on point. Like I had seen her cosplay as a wasp from. Um, oh yeah, I know wasp. And then yeah. like the next day at the con, she was like this, like tr- gobliny, drowish creature. I was like, holy fuck! What are what? What is this from? If, she, if you're saying goblin, that's probably the second season. I can't remember season. if it was like greenish blue or it was her, her uh, makeup. That's why I was like, it was a while ago and I'm struggling to remember. Do you, do you, do you have the person's uh, IG? Uh, not offhand. If I find it, I'll send it to you. Yeah, yeah. Send it out. Let me know because I, I love... I Actually, there's one group I follow on Instagram that 
cosplays their characters and like Critical Role memes. Really funny, love them. Yeah, like that's I know now mostly because of the Matt Mercer memes. Yeah, I'm there, dude. This game—it's crazy. This is why all of these D and D booms are happening because of this guy yeah. and this group. A bunch of group voice actors got together and to play D and D, and this is what happened. Yeah, I'm surprised that it, it didn't happen a while ago. But it's cool that like um, actors and like professionals are getting into this. Like now, so like even on the art level, like the, some of these people who grew up with with D&D are now creating comics, creating artwork, and it's like amazing, you know? Yeah, I used to get made fun of playing D&D. I still kind of get made fun of playing D&D. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's I it, it's cool. It's now cooler to play yeah. D&D. It's really cool. That's it, it, exactly what it is. Like, you know, people always had misconceptions when they see the dice rolling. <laughs> Um, yeah, and then they're like, oh, you're sitting around with your friends playing a game for three hours? And I'm like, yeah, you're sitting around eating chips while watching a football game for two and a half hours? Like, play who don't know who you are. We're playing. Right, exactly. <laughs> I think I'm winning here. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? it's, it's just like we both, we're both doing things we enjoy. Just do the thing. I'm not judging you for it. Don't judge me for it. I know, I, for me, like whenever I would get, because I'm not a sports guy, but I'm like, I get it. That's your thing. Um, I would I'm, I'm not a sports guy at all either. No, no, but I would laugh at like the people who are like really into fantasy sports, and I'm like, you're basically playing D and D without the without the dice. Exactly, 100. percent Not that different, dude. <laughs> yeah. Just a different skin. Different. You're wearing a jersey versus a cosplay uniform, yeah. a costume, versus you know, a horn helmet. <laughs> right. Cool, man. Well, dude, it's been great catching up. Um, yeah. I really have no way of ever ending these things, so I'm just gonna say goodbye just, to everyone. Let's just stop talking. I think that's a way to say goodbye. Just crickets. Awkward. There's a thing. There's this thing <laughs> Craig Ferguson. There's a, there's this thing Craig Ferguson does on all his his talk shows. He he calls it the awkward pause. Yeah. And it's at the end of the at the end of the interview. He's like, I don't know. Do you want to do awkward pause or, or mouth organ? And it's like blowing a harmonica. And so some people pick awkward pause and they sit there for about. 15 seconds in silence and then it's all it's over <laughs> the interviews are, and that's how they say goodbye to each other and it's hysterical i think that works better with video but i'm just gonna sit here now in silence and let young tell me to stop awkward pause <laughs>